we've been doing a series on hope, and I thought I'll just continue on it, really. And I just want to read you a scripture um, from Zephaniah uh, chapter 9. Let me read, starting from verses 9 to 12. Rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Shout, daughters of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation. Gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. He will rule with extent from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood covenant that I have made with you, I will free your prisoners from, from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. Return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope, from the waterless pit. Even now, I announce that I will restore to you. I will restore twice as much to you. Let me read verse 12 again. Return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. Even now, I will restore twice as much to you. The title that the Lord has given me this morning for my sermon is Prisoners of Hope. Prisoners of hope, I want to speak to those this morning who find themselves, who love God, you love Jesus Christ, you've been born again, you're filled with his spirit, you know God, you've encountered God, you've experienced the power of God in your life, but for one reason or another today, you find yourself in a dry pit and a difficult place with this sense of hopelessness. The Bible says in Proverbs, even in laughter, the heart can be full of sorrow. I want to talk to those who find themselves in circumstances not of their own doing, but maybe other people's actions or words have threw your life into a spin and you feel, I'm in a prison today. I feel in a place of limitation because of not my even own disobedience, but because of the actions of others, I feel I'm in this prison, and I feel like screaming. You love God, it's not about sin. It's just this sense of being in a place that's limiting you. I want to speak to those, to them that, that feel like, like there's a prison of hopelessness. This, this message this morning is primarily to God's people, to those who know him, and to those who love him. This message of hope, this passage of scripture that I just read to you, God is talking about the people of Israel. He's talking about his people. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to the people, as it says in the passage, that he's made a covenant with. Because of my blood covenant I have made with you. They're they're just coming out of exile. They're going back to Jerusalem. It's in a mess. They're building the temple. 
But all is not fine. All is not easy. Their enemies are all around them. They're in really difficult times. There's a lot of hunger, a lot of poverty. They're coming back to Jerusalem after 70 years. Uh, sorry, after being in Babylon and being in prison, they're starting to come out of exile. It's a message to God's people that he's made a, a, a covenant with. And there's no doubt about it, there's great blessing in store for Israel. Because God has promised to Israel that he will visit them and he will touch them and he will deliver them. There's no doubt about that. Titus 1 verse 2 says this. In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before the world began. He's talking to a people. I'm a God who can't lie. My word cannot be thawed. There's not a man, there's not a devil in hell can stop my word doing what I said my word can do. With God, a promise as a promise. He's not a man that he should lie. This is God speaking to us this morning. This is God's voice. And he's speaking to these people and their spiritual truths in this for us today. It's a prophetic word. God is committed to his people. He's committed to his church. Philippians 1.6 says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in us will complete it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. So God has made a covenant. God is committed to us. But he's speaking to prisoners of hope. He's talking to a people where everything is not okay. Circumstances are not easy. They are enemies all around. They're hard-pressed on every side. They've just came out of that exile, and they are surrounded. And let me tell you something, friends. God's people have always had difficult times in every generation. The journey has not been easy. Hopelessness is killing more people than anything else today in our world. Hopelessness is no respecter of person. There are people hopeless sitting in mansions with millions of pounds with this sense of despair in their spirit. I have nothing. I'm in a hopeless situation. Ephesians 2, 11 and 12 says this. Remember. He's saying, I want you to remember. Paul's writing to the Ephesians. Remember, you who were once alienated, separate, Separate from God, without hope. You had no hope. You were in a dry pit. There was no way of getting out of it. Nobody could have rescued you. Paul says, remember what that feeling was like. It was a feeling of despair. There was no way out. You couldn't get yourself out. You never had the strength. You never had the money. You never had the power. You never had the education. It was only Jesus Christ that could come and set you free. It was him and him alone. Paul said, remember, you were without hope. You were totally separated from God. And then he says, but now, hallelujah. I said, but now. That's what it used to be like, but now. Today, but now, there is hope. It's a living hope. Because he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. So there's hope in you today. But this is a message from Zechariah. 
By the way, he's known as the prophet of hope. He's coming to God's people. And I want to tell you today, before I preach this message, I can't promise you today that the circumstance that you're in, or the prison you're in, or the difficulty that you're in, that you will come out of it today. But I can promise you this. You will be a prisoner of hope. The first thing he tells them to do, the very first thing Zechariah tells them to do, and it's a strange thing to tell people who are prisoners of hope and in a difficult situation, he tells them to rejoice. In fact, he says, greatly rejoice. And do you know why he's telling them to rejoice? And I think this is where the church has lost their focus. We have got a gospel now, and people who have got words, just seven days and you're going to be out. Just 14 steps and you're going to be free. Just 19 steps and you're going to come to the other side of the desert. Friends, that is not the gospel. The gospel is not about getting us out of difficult situations. The gospel is trusting God when you're in them. That's how your faith is tested. That's how you know. There's nothing wrong with being a prisoner of hope. There's nothing wrong with being in a dry place. There's nothing wrong with struggling. There's nothing wrong. Some of you are in a place right now. But this is what God told me to tell you this morning. First of all, rejoice. And I'll tell you why you can rejoice this morning. I'll tell you why you can stand and lift your hands this morning. Because where you are right now, and a prison right now, is not your final destination. Glory to God in the highest. It is not your final destination. That's why God's trying to tell these people, rejoice. Oh, it's easy to rejoice when you come out the other end. It's easy to rejoice when the prison doors open. It's easy to rejoice when the healing is, is, is in your body. But when you're trapped in this place, and by the way, I'm talking about God's people. And don't come back to me and say, he says to captives free, friends, and he opens prison doors. That's for sinners. That's for those who are broken and dusted and busted. But all of God's people have been in places and deserts and prisons and difficulties and valleys. But I want to tell you, lift your hands this morning. That is not your final destination. Hallelujah. Hope is on the way. Glory to God in the highest. He says, I will take you out of a waterless pit. We don't rejoice after, we rejoice now. And a pit is a dry place where you can't get out of. It's waterless. And you can't get out of it on your own. Your circumstances might not change. You won't hear it. We live in an instant generation. Instant coffee. Instant meals. Instant prayers. Instant, instant, instant. But I'll tell you, God's more interested in you being conforming into the image of his son than our personal happiness and forming the character of Christ in each and every one of us. These people were in despair. Your circumstances might not change. And I want to speak to you this morning on people who have been there that we can take encouragement from. Remember Joseph? Joseph was a prisoner of hope. You see, the pit is where you are. 
but it's not who you are. Some of you are defining yourself by your circumstances and in the pit, and you think, this is who I am. No, it's, uh, listen, it's where you are. It's not who you are. That's the second point. It's not your final destination, and it's not who you are. Joseph was in a pit, but he was a prisoner of hope because God told him already what was going to happen in his life. And he was in prison for a long time. He was in prison for 13 years. And while he was in prison, he wasn't crying. He wasn't complaining. He wasn't asking God and saying, God, have you forsaken me? No. It said that he started to serve and started to minister and continued to worship God. Joseph got his destiny in you in this prison. I've got a destiny. I'm, in a, I'm a prisoner, but I'm a prisoner of hope. And know what Joseph said while he was in the prison? It says, and the Lord was with him. I want you to know that this morning. There are people here with anxious thoughts, fighting off depression. Some even fighting off suicidal thoughts and the devil's like, ah, you're a Christian. Man, you shouldn't even be thinking like that. And you feel in a place of living. And I should be on a mountain today. And I should be getting a breakthrough. And I should, and I should, and I should. I want to tell you, it's not about getting out your circumstances. It's about getting hope into the prison. It's about getting hope into the despair. It's about getting hope into the depression. It's about putting hope on top of sickness and say, no one comes with me. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to praise them. I'm going to put my hands through the prison bars because I've got hope. Hallelujah. I'm a prisoner of hope this morning. I'm a prisoner of hope. Oh, I know, you may be a Christian. You may have never had a difficult time. Maybe you've been dancing on the mountain. God bless you, but I have been through valleys. I know what is way, what to wake up in the morning and not want to live. I want to die. And so did men of the Bible. And Joseph's there 13 years. 13 years. I can imagine all the modern gospel preachers looking in the bars saying, Joseph, only if you had read my book, only if you took my principles, only if you'd listened to me. No, Joseph said, the Lord was with Joseph and Joseph had a dream in his heart, and not a fire in hell, no plan of man, not Pharaoh. And by the way, he wasn't in the prison of the devil. He was in the king's prison, not Pharaoh, the king's prison. God put him there. He was in the king's prison for doing God's will. The man done nothing wrong. They threw him in a pit. They accused him of sexual harassment. The devil tried everything to get this man's light out. But in just a day, in just one moment, in just one day, the door opened. I want to tell you, the devil's not got the key to your prison. Jesus Christ has. And he'll come and release you when the time is right. So don't you panic 
in your place of prison right now. Don't panic in the place of despair. Say, I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but I'm going to praise his name. I'm going to serve him anyway. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to keep doing what I know what to do because he promised he'll never leave me. He promised he'll never forsake me. I may be in a prison now, but this is not my final destination. Help is on the way, hallelujah, to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And one day after 13 years, you see, friends, some things don't end quickly. Oh, I could be man of power for the hour. Oh, I can preach a message. I can stir you up. I could talk to you about getting set free this morning. I could do that. But it wouldn't be right. And then he hears click. And by the way, when he was there, he said to two guys, when you go to prison, remember me. <laughs> See, you're putting your hope in somebody else. If I just get connected to him, he could help me get out of this. If I just get connected to her. If I just get up to him. If I just get to there. Friends, it's God that opens doors. And it's God that closes them. Click. That's what Zechariah name, name means. God remembers. Isaiah 49, 15. Though a mother and father forget you. I won't. I won't forget you. I've not forgotten where you are, Joseph. I've been with you for 13 years in this. Click. Joseph comes to the door. Prisoner of hope. In a day, got a robe on, became second in command of the whole of Egypt. And when he did meet his brothers, those who were God's instruments to get him there, he said, it wasn't you who sent me here. It was God. And he walked out and became the Prime Minister. What does God say in this passage of Scripture? Even now I announce to you that I will restore as twice as much to you. Paul the Apostle, a prisoner of hope. Do you know that's where he wrote the book of Ephesians? And by the way, he never got out. Great message, isn't it? No, I'm trying to bring us into a reality. Paul never got out, he died there. He got killed. He was there for years. In there, and it was in that prison cell where he wrote things like rejoice, and again I say rejoice. In fact, listen to what Paul says I'm a prisoner of Nero. No, I'm a prisoner because God never delivered me. No, he said, I'm a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I'm handcuffed to the will of God and the purposes of God. My freedom is not about being behind bars. My freedom is about being in Him and singing and rejoicing even when I can't see Him. Even freedom's not about a place of the body. It's a place of your spirit. And Paul is there. And he's sitting there and he said, this is not my final destination. This is not it. One day I'm going to wake up in the twinkling of an eye and I'm going to be standing in his presence. It doesn't matter where I'm in a prison cell or it doesn't matter where I'm out in the fields. There is hope for every man and woman here this morning. There are those here who are feeling imprisoned by your sickness, by oppression, by thoughts that bombard you, anxiousness, fears, anxieties. But I want to tell you right now, you may feel you're in a prison, but you are not like the world who have no hope. You, God has made a covenant with you. He shed his blood with you, and you are God's child. And wherever you are, you may feel like you're in a prison, but you are a prisoner of hope. I want to encourage you this morning. I mean, friends, we really should be rejoicing this morning. This is not about skipping on the mountains all the time. This is about skipping in the valley. This is about singing in the prison. This is about lifting your hands in the sickness. And the Lord was with Joseph, and the Lord is with you this morning. He said, I, listen to what he says, I will lift you out of your dry pit, and I will put you into a, a, a pit full of water. I'll take you to that dry pit. Listen to what he says, even now I will double, uh, I will, I will, I will double, twice to you you see friends Paul wasn't in Pharaoh's prison he was in the king's prison and I want, I'm going to keep saying it this morning until we finish the pit is not who you are it's where you are and wherever you are this morning it's not your final destination there's a king who has the key to your circumstances and he won't give you any more than you can handle and his grace will be sufficient enough in every situation. The question is, are you willing to stand up this morning and sing to the king of kings and lord of lords? I know it's a bit difficult, this message getting through to you, I can feel it. But if you hang in there with me, you're going to find a hope this morning and a joy in your spirit. Paul was a prisoner of hope. And, and by the way, Paul was the same he served when he was there. Remember Job? My goodness me, you talk about a prisoner of hope. Job, pain, sickness. He had a sense he couldn't find God. He couldn't find God. He said, I've, I've looked for him and I can't find him. The head should be lifted. And the devil said, he's only serving you because of what you've given. It's the only reason he's following you in the good days, because of how you've blessed him. And God said, I'll lift the hedge. I'll show you the attitude of a prisoner of hope. Take, touch his children, I'll take them first. And I'll take his business then I'll put sores on him and he's sitting there. Blessed. The, whole, the whole world at that time's eyes were on this man sitting there in a heap of sickness, pain, prisoner of grief, prisoner of sorrow, prisoner of pain, prisoner of lost. 
Yet listen to the attitude of a prisoner of hope. This is what he said. After my skin has failed and been destroyed, yet I will see God in my flesh. Hallelujah to the king. Listen to this for a prisoner of hope. Though he slay me, not the devil, not a man, not my circumstances, not my husband, not my wife, not my children, not the pain, not the sorrow. Though he slay me, yet I will praise him. Hallelujah. The king deserves praise this morning, friends. You see, hope is about a perspective. We hope in those things unseen. Unseen. How can you put your hope in things unseen? What a strange statement. It's a perspective. It's about a knowledge. The Bible says Christ came to destroy the works of the enemy. John 10, 10. The enemy comes to kill, to steal and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. And the enemy is trying to destroy your peace. He's asking you, why is God not delivering you? Friends, we're asking the wrong questions. God is saying, rejoice greatly this morning. Rejoice, because it's not your final destination. It's not who you are. Listen to what he says in Zechariah. It's just absolutely amazing. It's amazing what he says in this verse. It really is. He says, it says this, even, even now, verse 12, return to me, return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice to, as much to you. Even now. And then he tells them where to return to their fortress. Return to your fortress. That's where you're going to get your hope from. What is the fortress? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Some of you need to stop leaning on the chariots and the horses of Egypt and come back to God this morning. Say and just admit it, God, I am dry. I'm in a waterless pit and I'm returning to my fortress. God, Fill me afresh with your spirit. I'm not asking you to deliver me this morning. I'm asking me to fill you with your spirit so that I can dance while I'm in this place of limitation until you come and open the door. Put a song in my heart. Pour your light into my spirit. That's going to take faith. That's going to take faith. I mean, there's people in prison this morning, more free than people out in the street. They're born again Christians in prison, dancing and singing this morning. And now the other prisoners are going, why are you doing that? You're in prison. They say, I know I'm in prison, but this is not my destination. I'm a prisoner of hope. I will be coming out of this because if God is for me, who could be against me? And he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the King. I'm coming out. I don't know when, but I'm coming out. But so because I know I'm coming out, I don't care what people are saying. I don't care if they're saying, look at him. He's never going to make it. You're never going to come through it. I don't care. I have a promise in the Bible that I am going to the other side because of a covenant, blood shedding, Jesus Christ, the victory. Hallelujah. 
Not because I'm great, because there's a covenant being made. And the Bible said, he who started a good work in you is going to finish it. Wow, is anybody excited about that this morning? <laughs> Even now, and the enemy will say, where is your God? Martin Luther came down for breakfast once and his wife was dressed in black. And he said to his wife, why are you dressed in black? She said, God died. He said, God can't die. She said, I know, but why are you acting as if he is? When did your God die? <laughs> He's a living God. He's alive forevermore. He was dead, but he is alive again. Three days later, he rose from the grave. Oh, prisoner, prisoners of hope this morning, I'm not promising you deliverance this morning. In fact, Jeremiah 29, 11, we all love it, but let me tell you about that, something about that verse before we finish. Jeremiah 29, 11, it was said to Israel in their most darkest, darkest time, See what God was doing us. Because just there was there was other prophets coming at that time. And know what they were saying to the people? It's okay. They were saying peace, peace, but there was no peace. And they weren't speaking the truth. They were men pleasers. They wanted people to hear what, what the preacher wanted to say. They're going to say, everything's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. Seven days' time, everything's going to be fine. It's going to be great. I can just see a picture. You're going to be fine. And all these, no, but all these false prophets were about and right in the midst of it comes a man called Jeremiah. And he points to Israel. He's carrying the word of God. He stood in the presence of God. He's a man of God. And he says this, Jeremiah 29, 11, talking to Israel before they go in to 70 years of suffering and pain. I, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. He was reminding them. You see, God will never let you go into a prison if you're his covenant. If God's made a covenant with you, no matter what storms come, he said, I just want to remind you, wherever you're going, it's not your final destination. I'm going to leave you with hope. I'm going to put hope in you before you go into this place of pain, before you go into this difficult season. So he says, Jeremiah, you need to get a word into them because those false prophets are telling them everything's going to be okay. No. He said, I know the plans I've got for you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And for 70 years, there was three young men who believed that. And Daniel, they knew it. They said, man, and Daniel opened the Bible one day and he realized the prophecy was being fulfilled and he started to rejoice and he started to sing and he started to dance. He went, the 70 years are almost up. We're coming out. I may as well tell the prisoners of hope, we're coming out. 400 years before that, don't pick me up on that, that might be a little bit out there, but there was a man called Cyrus, Cyrus, God prophesied 400 years, there's a man called Cyrus going to come and he's going to deliver you, Cyrus, a man raised up, wasn't even a Christian, God raised him up, 
to start, start to set his people free. He'd already planned a hope and a future and a destination. And as much as he's not finished with Israel, he's not finished with his people. What he says he can do, he can do. He's God, he can do anything. Impossible. It's just the opinion of men. But with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Prisoners of hope arise today. I'm sorry I can't promise you deliverance. It may happen. This could be your day. This could be your Joseph moment. The key may unlock today. And I'll tell you, I hope it does. But if it doesn't, I'm going to rejoice greatly. Hallelujah. I'm going to rejoice greatly. I'm going to praise him because God's been so, so good. Hallelujah. I'm in a difficult job. God's got you there. And he'll get you in good season. And you may try to be getting next to somebody else and go, hey, remember me when you get your new job. <laughs> and know what God, God will come back and say, because you said that, I'm going to give you another 18 months. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm not looking to retire into an easy life. I came from nothing. He owes me nothing. I'm certainly not going to go into an easy life. I don't know if I'll suffer at the end of my life. I don't know if a sickness will take me. I don't know tomorrow I could be struck with something. As many godly men and women have. As many women in your church right now sick. And I want to tell you in your sickness, don't lose hope. No matter whether you get healed or whether you don't, I want to tell you, it's not your final destination. You see, this prophecy was about a king who came, and he did come on the donkey. And he did come to them, and they rejected him. But it's to be continued. He's coming back. <laughs> I'll say that again. It's to be continued. He's coming back for his church so church of God this morning prisoners of hope this morning while you think everybody's happy, blessed, prosperous and then there's me no, I want to tell you there's very few men and women in here this morning who are not carrying something the only reason you don't know who everybody's doing it because people are coming in smiling and rejoicing in the pain they're being prisoners of hope this morning there's marriages here that needs restored because of circumstances. You're demented. You're at each other's throat. Things are happening. And you stop it this morning and say, hold on, love. <laughs> Maybe God put us here. Remember Paul and Silas? Remember Paul and Silas? And we'll finish with us. Thank you for your patience. Paul and Silas were in prison. And they didn't go, I can't believe this is happening again. I can't believe that this is happening again and they go where is God here we go again I mean God, I've been battered bruised battered hit with stones stick. God, you got, and the devil's gone are you sure you, you, you were better off at the ministry and Paul the two of them are there it's 12 midnight all the other prisoners are lying in despair and Paul says hey Silas prisoner of hope I feel a song coming on 
for your backslidden daughters and sons that are sitting in pubs right now. They're prisoners of hope. Because they know he can, he can get them. I feel a song coming on. 2 Corinthians 4.17 This light affliction that we are now going through is working for our good. 2 Corinthians 4.8 No, uh, sorry. The Christian trouble and triumph. I am hard pressed on every side. It doesn't sound victorious that, does it? He never. He, he didn't say, I can't believe this is happening. I'm hard pressed on every side. How long? How much do you expect one man to take? He goes, no, I'm hard pressed on every side. And here's the prisoner of hope. Here's how prisoners of hope act. And I want to tell you, by the way, when David was a prisoner of hope, no, he said, one day I will perish at the hand of Saul. And you have your moments. Some days you think you are, and that's okay. God gets it. But while David was in a cave, it wasn't just a shepherd boy in a cave. David knew. He knew that he knew that he knew. I might be in a cave, and they're all looking at a shepherd boy. But God's told me I'm going to be a king. I'm a prisoner of hope. My destination is the palace of the king. Hallelujah. And so is yours. Hallelujah. We are hard-pressed on every side, brothers and sisters. Crushed. I don't like that but Perplexed. But not in despair. Because I'm a prisoner of hope this morning. I hope it came across because it's in my heart. I hope it came across as encouraging because it's in my heart. I hope it came across as encouraging and strengthening the body of Christ because it's in my heart. I don't want you to leave here condemned and I should be better where I am. I should be better where I am. Listen, the only thing you can do where you are right now is rejoice greatly and trust in God. And when he comes with a key, then he comes with a key. And you go on in your destiny and you go on dancing. Who in here is struggling for a battle for your mind? Who's got a battle for the mind today? What husband and wife are at the end of the rope? I'll tell you, I've been in ministry 25 years. I've been through it. I remember we were pioneering Winchester House and I woke up one day funeral. I'll tell you, remember six weeks I went through an awful... I'm not depressed. Listen, I was on drugs for years and I wasn't depressed. I've always been a kind of happy chappy. But I went through this month or six weeks of this lowness in my spirit. I'd never, ever experienced it. And you know, it's okay if you've got a broken arm, everybody understands that. But when your mind is broke, the very thing, people say snap out of it. I'm saying you're telling somebody whose mind is broke who can't snap out of it. But I want to tell you, there's a king. And I went through six weeks of hell. That's the only way I can describe it. But I'll tell you, I had awful empathy with people who were depressed. And I came out of there with hope. Every day I'd wake up and read Psalm 91, Psalm 91, until I came through it. Hope. Rejoice. I'm not ashamed of it. Romans 5.5. Let's stand as I I read this. 
Can you put up Romans 5 5? I want us all to read Romans 5 5 together if they can find it and put it up there. If you see the people in the crest in the school, can you apologize just for a little bit of lateness? Can the, somebody, the piano guy, maybe just come up at the moment? Can we get Romans 5 5? Oh, let me find it. If it comes up, let me know. In my version, it says, and hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. Let's, we're going to change that to, and hope does not disappoint. And then the rest will read the same. He's ready. After three, one, two, three. And hope does not disappoint because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit being given to us. If you put your hope in God this morning, you're not going to be disappointed. I'll say that again. If you put your hope in God this morning, you won't be disappointed. Young people, young people, listen to me. Put your hope in God. You will not be disappointed. As a prisoner's here this morning, as a prisoner's of hope, and you say, I love God. Listen, this is not about sin. It's not about lack of faith. It's not a lot about doubt. It's that you're just in a waterless pit and this morning you say, God, I, am gonna, I want to leave here rejoicing even though I'm in a horrible place. I want to leave here knowing that my circumstances might not change, God, but I'm going to give you the praise that's due your name this morning. I want to thank you, Lord, for Joseph and David and Paul, these prisoners of hope. Lord, look at the life that came out of a heart of trusting God. I want to talk to those who are thinking about throwing the towel in this morning, but I want to tell you to pick it back up again because Jesus Christ is a referee and he will never count you out. You might be down, but you will never be out because he is for you and no weapon formed against you should prosper. Do you know that song? My hope is built on nothing less. Yeah. Let's put the words of that up. I know it's late, but do you know what? I feel in my heart to give a call this morning. From the balcony. We're so used to messages where everything's going to be okay. And in the end it is. And this is not a message of gloom. No, this is a message of hope and strength in the circumstances. That it's okay to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Because I am with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to lift the burden of heaven. You see, no, I didn't want to tell anybody I was going through it. I'll tell you, we need to get away from that. We need to cast each other's burdens on him and say, it's okay. If you've got a troubled mind, I want to tell you, come this morning and let the healer come. It says, even now I'll restore twice to you what the devil has stole off you. I'm not saying God can't or he won't do it today. God can do it today at this hour. You could be set free from something that's troubled for years. I'm believing in the power of God's spirit this morning. But I'm praying that you will come even where you are in your prison, you'll start walking right now to the front of this hour with incredible hope. Incredible hope this morning. First of all, if, if God has spoken to you, I want you to raise your hand right now and say, God has spoken to me by his Holy Spirit. Just lift your hand high. Lift it up. If you've lifted your hand, young and old, this is not for me. I don't know if we can pray for you, but I, I, I can do a cooperate prayer this morning. Keep your hands up. And know what I want you to do. We're going to close this meeting in a minute, but we're going to pray for you. I want you right now to leave your seats. Come here. 
Come in the front of this altar. Run to the front of this altar and say, God, I'm coming out. I'm coming this morning, Lord, to you. I'm coming to my stronghold, my fortress. Come.